I'm on right now. I don't believe you. That's not six. One plus two plus two plus one. You really are crazy. Well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. Me? No, come on. Don't be crazy. Welcome to Don't Be Crazy. We're a movie podcast where we delve into the world of cinema and explore what makes certain films good or bad. I'm your host, Zach Rancourt, and every week, I bring together other film enthusiasts to analyze, to discuss, and to dissect some of the most popular and critically acclaimed movies of all time. Whether you're a film buff or just a casual moviegoer, our, sure is, our show is sure to provide you with a fresh perspective and thought-provoking insight into the world of cinema. So grab your popcorn, sit back, and join us as we delve into the art of filmmaking and discover what truly makes a movie great. All that I ask my guests is don't be crazy. And we got a real crazy and wild guy uh, back, in, back on the show again this year, David Dassaw of the Geek Garage podcast. We were just discussing some nerdy movies before this and why yeah. the Purge series is still really fun, in, in my humble opinion. But uh, yeah, David, yeah. how's it going? Oh, hi, Zach. Uh, I am great. Um, it, it's March, so I had to do my oh, hi, March. Um, oh, hi, March. Uh, no, I'm good. Thank you so much for having me back. Uh, it's always fun to be on the Don't Be Crazy podcast, uh, one of my personal favorites. Um, and uh, yeah, um, I'm excited to talk about today's film. You got the matching underwear, the matching bed sheets, the Don't Be Crazy mud flaps, the Don't Be Crazy <laughs> rocket launcher, whatever else, right? We're brand selling new everything. Day, brand new merch. Spaceballs the movie. So Spaceballs <laughs> the Gatorade. <laughs> Uh, that's two different things, but yeah, I'm I'm happy to have you here. Uh, we're gonna have we're gonna discuss a really fun movie because it is baseball season, and baseball season literally starts tomorrow as of the date of this podcast. So on the 30th of March is opening day. I am uber excited because I'm a big time baseball fan. So we decided to discuss the 1993. I think it's a kids film, but it might be kind of like. One of those Fam family family films. That's a good mm -hmm. way to put it. It's a family yeah. film. But 1993's Rookie of the Year. Um, I watched this movie a lot when I was a kid, and I am excited to talk about it. Uh, there were some problems with it as an adult, obviously, but <laughs> for the most part, it's good. I enjoyed it. Um, right. <clears throat> the film was directed by Daniel Stern. This is mm -hmm. actually his only movie he directed. He was in. He directed some episodes of The Wonder Years. He also voiced uh, Fred Savage's character, or Ben Savage, whatever mm -hmm. Fred Savage. Uh, he was in cities. You know him from City Slickers, Home Alone, Bushwhacked, and I put Bushwhacked twice because it's so good. I love that movie. <laughs> it was written by Sam Harper. Uh, he wrote Just Married, Cheaper by the Dozen Two, and Rio. That bird movie. Yep. Stars Thomas Ian Nicholas, Gary Busey, Albert <laughs> Hall, Amy Morton, Dan Hedaya, Bruce Altman, and Eddie Bracken. Critically, on IMDb, it is a 6.1 out of 10, so just barely passing. <laughs> it's like Tommy getting a D in uh, at, at school, and he passes, right? Congratulations yeah. on the D minus. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I saw those scores and I was like, I don't know if I necessarily agree with that. Yeah, I don't agree with it either. But yeah, movies like this people, I this, this specifically this. So on the tomato meter, 
Critics gave it a 38%, so it is not good. And the audience score gave it a 52%. So they people just need to lighten up, and apparently everyone's way too critical of this film. We need to realize when it came out how ridiculous the premise is of a kid playing Major League Baseball and just mm-hmm. roll with it. Not everything has to be fucking Schindler's List. We can we can relax a little bit. Right. Like movies that came out before the invention of Rotten Tomatoes need to be graded on a curve. Like, yeah. I don't know what kind of curve, a sliding curve or what. But like, yeah, like before, you know, before everyone and their mother had an opinion about movies uh, when it was basically Siskel and Ebert that you went to that was like, hey, was this movie good? Let's check the newspaper and see what Siskel and Ebert had to say. <laughs> yeah. And they were like the quote unquote vo- voice of reason. Um, and then you just ignored them anyways if you know you didn't like what they had to say. But uh, yeah, like it, it feels weird to like to have Rotten Tomatoes grade a movie <laughs> that's older than Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> yeah, I agree. And I think that's the hard thing about critical critical reception. I mean, mm-hmm. so one of my favorite podcasts, The Rewatchables, which I use a lot of inspiration for this show, uh, you know, they always talk about they do the same kind of thing with critical reception sort of, but they read reviews and Ebert just he was not a fan of a lot of fantastic movies. Mm-hmm. So it's hard. It's hard to take him serious because it's like, dude, were you even that good of a critic? You were saying things like Saving Private Ryan weren't good. And I'm like, what? Who the hell are you? So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I I never I, I've never put much stock into critics like film critics. Um, I mean, unless they agree with me uh, about yeah. how I feel about a particular movie then um you know i'll I'll be like oh let's hear what they have to say it's not like i completely ignore critics but uh i think you and i are on the same page with this that i do not let what critics say influence me uh in any way whatsoever uh in terms of choosing to see or not see a movie yeah i i try to do the same thing um for before excuse me before i used to care deeply about audience scores and all that kind of stuff. Cause that would, you know, that's how I would determine seeing certain films. And now I don't even really watch trailers, honestly, um, mm-hmm. anytime. So anytime a new trailer comes out, right. I, I don't watch it for the most part. I try to avoid it. I should say, unless it's something like a Batman where I'm like, I got to fucking watch this. Right. But the new Wes Anderson movie, um, uh, asteroid city, the trailer just dropped today. And I'm like, should I wait a little bit? Because I know this will be, mostly a teaser trailer, um, right. but is it worth it? Because I'd rather just go into a blind. He has the clout, you know, to, to mm. wager my, or to uh, bring my butt to the seat, I should say. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So uh, rookie of the year, I watched it on HBO max. I thought I owned it, but I don't. Um, did you watch it on HBO max? I did. Yeah. Uh, I wasn't sure uh, if it was streaming anywhere else. I, I know you mentioned that it was on HBO max. So I was like, I'll just watch it there. Yeah. So, yeah, cool. A uh, budget of $10 million estimated in the U.S. and Canada. The opening weekend of July 11th, 1993, it grossed $9 million. But total, it grossed $53.6 million. And then worldwide, it was about 56 and a half. So pretty successful for a $10 million film. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> I'll give that uh, the, the props to that. 
couple fun facts, a few fun facts, I should say. John Candy as the radio broadcaster is uncredited. His role isn't mentioned in the movie credits because he wasn't originally cast in the movie. Except for once, Martinella gets Henry's last name wrong. He calls him the following. Ruling, Rulingfurder, Gardenhoser, Ravi Boozer, Rosenbagger, Runamucker, Rowan Gartner, Rulingruder, and Rosenberger. So, very cool. Gardenhoser is hands Garden down hoser. my favorite. Gardenhoser. Gardenhoser. <laughs> Grab a bat. You're up. Me and uh, me and my brother used to say that shit to each other all the time. We'd be like, Gardenhoser. I quote this movie a lot, and yeah. a lot of people don't get my quotes. I was talking about this on the Top 5 podcast. I mm-hmm. quote a lot of things, and uh, my girlfriend is, I'll, I'll say things, and she's like, what is that? I'm like, just assume that the majority of the shit that I say is from a movie or yeah. from The Simpsons or something. So, yeah, it's... It's just little things, too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. I always say, I'm like, little help here. Little help. <laughs> He's stuck in the door. And I go, conservation, Henry. I say that a lot. <laughs> Daniel Stern was inspired to direct this movie because it deals with kids who have to deal with fame and being controlled by adults as managers who make all of the decisions for them. He experienced that a lot on the set of Home Alone and Home Alone 2 Lost New York, observing how his co-star Macaulay Culkin was dictated by his domineering father and wanted to direct a movie that paralleled his real life observances. Fascinating. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is that is fascinating. And, and that actually makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Uh, I haven't seen this movie in a couple years. Uh, so I, you know, I, like that that topic of like child acting has been in the forefront of my brain and i I think we'll get to this later on with some of the questions but yeah Yeah. like i uh, that was kind of you know it on my mind as i was re-watching this movie and yeah like it totally makes sense it has a lot to say about like the parallels of child acting and getting Mm -hmm. involved in um historically grown-up uh type careers and events uh, that Mm -hmm. children end up going through so yeah okay here's a synopsis for anyone who has not seen ricky of the year go ahead and fast forward about five minutes uh, if you don't want to hear it henry rowan gartner an unskilled little leaguer who dreams of playing in the major leagues breaks his arm catching a fly ball when the doctor removes the cast he discovers henry's tendons have healed a little too tight (laughs) enabling henry to throw a ball with incredible force funky butt loving and now rotate from the shoulder slowly Did he say funky butt loving? Oh, I'm sorry. (laughs) At Wrigley Field during a Chicago Cubs game, Henry's friends get a home run ball hit by the visiting Montreal Expos, which aren't around anymore. Darn it. Observing the Wrigley Field tradition of throwing the ball back to the field following an opposing home run, Henry throws it so hard that it reaches home plate 435 feet away or 133 meters for you metric system people. Uh, desperate to save the club from declining attendance, general manager Larry Fisher looks to recruit Henry. I thought his name was Larry Fish. Manager Sal Martinella visits Henry at home with a radar gun and discovers that Henry can pitch at over 100 miles per hour. Holy Christmas. <laughs> For the remainder of the season, Henry juggles the culture shock of playing in the major leagues alongside one of his heroes, aging pitcher Chet the Rocket Stedman, and socializing. Henry's mother, Mary, tries to keep him grounded while resisting attempts by her boyfriend, Jack, and Fisher to exploit him. Henry's first game is a relief appearance against the New York Mets, where his first pitch 
he gives up a home run to Mets arrogant slugger Hito and then hits a batter, throws a wild pitch, yet still manages to get his first save. Henry improves his control under Stedman's mentoring and records a second consecutive save against the San Francisco Giants and his first MLB strikeout. Continuing to impress, Henry bats for the first time in a road game against the Los Angeles Dodgers. He frustrates the pitcher with his small stature and tiny strike zone to the point that he walks Henry on four straight high pitches. He further taunts the pitcher at first and second base, and the pitcher retaliates by hitting the next batter, Suarez. But Henry and Suarez both manage to score runs despite nearly passing each other on the base paths. The Cubs are winning, and Henry is growing in pitching success and fame. His personal life becomes strained as his friends grow resentful, and Mary breaks up with Jack and throws him out of the house when he tricks her into signing a contract that will send Henry to the New York Yankees. Take Henry- your purse. Yeah, take your It doesn't even hurt. Okay. Uh, he is also the guy in um, Ozark the, that that the, the the wife was was cheating on, and he kills himself in like the first episode. Spoiler for anybody who hasn't seen Ozark. Oh, yeah. really? Uh, yeah, okay. I always remember that's, him. I always call yeah, him that's, Jack. Okay, that's why I, I don't remember is because it was got, the first episode. Got a whole bunch of white hair in that because he's all oh, gray okay. haired. Gotcha. Henry resolves the conflict with his friends and team owner Bob Carson explains he never authorized a deal with the Yankees and wants to retain Henry. Disappointed that Henry will retire at the end of the season, Carson respects Henry's decision and demotes Fisher down to a hot dog vendor after learning he tried to set up the deal. Three dollars for a hot dog? (laughs) On the last day of the season, the Cubs face the Mets again at Wrigley Field. This is the longest synopsis ever. Jesus. With Stedman starting. If the Cubs triumph, they win the division and move to the National League Championship Series. Stedman pitches his best game in years, but he injures his arm on the last pitch. The ball is hit to Stedman, who cannot throw it to home plate because his arm is hurt. He runs home and dives to tag the runner at home, keeping the Cubs in the lead. He turns the ball over to Henry, who easily strikes out the side in the seventh and eighth innings. At the top of the ninth, Henry slips on a baseball, reversing the effects of his first fall and reducing his arm strength to normal. You know, a a totally normal thing that would happen. Right, exactly. Henry frustrates the Cubs and their fans by intentionally walking the first batter. He explains to his teammates why he can no longer throw fastballs and sends them back to the positions with the plan. With their cooperation, Henry sneaks the ball to the first baseman, Oki, who tags the runner out. Henry walks the next batter with whom he trades insults. When the runner dares him to throw the ball high, Henry does so, but stops as the runner takes off for second and is tagged out, setting up a final showdown with Hito. Henry throws a changeup, which Hito misses, and his next hit appears headed for the bleachers, but is ruled a foul ball. Henry opens his glove to find not his father's name, but Mary's. In the stands, she signals him to throw a floater. He does so and strikes out a shocked Hito, who then throws a tantrum at home plate winning the division title for the Cubs and heading to the National League Championship Series. The next spring, Henry plays Little League again. Mary and Stedman, now a couple, are his team's coaches. After catching a potential home run ball that ensures his team's victory, Henry raises his fist to reveal a Cubs World Series championship ring, signifying his role in the Cubs World Series victory. Golly, I need to proofread these synopsises that was way too much for for such a a movie a movie of this caliber um, right so anyways let's jump to it uh david baseball it's my favorite sport of all time and you know it's, it's right around the corner literally tomorrow i mm-hmm. am so excited elated insert whatever adjective there right right the, the timing of the podcast of this podcast is no surprise at all as i get uber excited for opening day baseball you actually suggested it so thank you for the suggestion you're welcome for me, it's almost like a national holiday. 
Baseball is amazing. My whole day is catered around the game because every new season is an opportunity for your team to win the World Series. If your team did terrible last year, it's not going to matter. They could they could win this year. It's it's mm-hmm. a whole new season. Everyone starts out zero and zero, right? Yeah. The opening of the of Rookie of the Year of this movie, it does a really great job of exemplifying how exciting opening day can be, especially at a place like Wrigley Field, which is a mecca in in baseball terms. I'm not sure you get as thrilled as me with baseball, but what events are like your quote unquote opening day? So basically, like, do you get excited for specific shows, movies, concerts, repeated events, food items, whatever? The McRib is back. Do you get excited about that? What's what's the opening day for you that you're just like? Holy buckets, man. This is this is what I'm gravitating towards. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, you're definitely, you know, uh, right on the nose about the the uh, sporting thing. I so I get excited for my friends like that's something that I've kind of grown into as an adult is is feeling excitement uh, for for people like for my family and friends. Like if they're excited for something, then I'm excited. Um, so I, I'm super glad that, you know, baseball is back and, you know, uh, it's here for you to, uh, enjoy again. Um, I think one thing that makes a big difference is, uh, like we just have the Nashville sounds, which is like a triple a baseball team. It's not major leagues. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not the MLB. So, <clears throat> um, yeah, like everyone was super pissed when they brought a soccer team to Nashville, but not a fucking baseball team. Um, I, I thought that was kind of dumb. I was hoping for that. But um, so to answer your question, um, like, I, I guess the so I I did used to kind of get pumped up about um about sports coming back and it was mostly football like uh like in the eighth grade uh that's when the tennessee titans became the titans like they were the oilers one day and then the titan the titans the next i remember that yeah yeah and um that was that just happened to be the year that they went to the super bowl um and uh so that was really exciting that you know like everyone in nashville was like super jazzed up like because we had a brand new football team and they were really good um, of course they didn't win that year, but they got super close. Um, mm-hmm. and then it kind of died off for a while. And then I got super pumped about football, uh, again, uh, when I was like in my early twenties, not exactly sure. I can't remember what happened, but, uh, I, I just started getting into it again. Uh, I never went as far as like fantasy football, but yeah, like whenever football season was starting, like I was legit super excited and now like i don't know like sports just aren't really my thing like i said i I mostly just get excited for people and like if we go to my in-laws house on a sunday you know i'll i'll watch sports alongside like my my uh father-in-law and brother-in-law and stuff like that's always fun you know just Mm -hmm. watching sports together um but um kind of circling back i'd say like like big movies um, on opening night is, oh, is kind of sure. like my thing, you know, before we hit record, we were just talking about John wick. Like I, I, I asked Lindsay, my wife um, several days before, like, Hey, are you coming to this thing with me? Because I plan on having my button to seat on opening night. And she was like, no, just go without me. And I was like, cool. <laughs> uh, so I, I, I was there on opening night. It was awesome. Um, 
and like you know the marvel movies uh it might not be opening night but it's usually either opening weekend or the week after so yeah it's usually that one thing that i uh that's not movie related that i'm trying to make a an annual thing is uh going to see uh when we were when we were young fest in vegas oh yeah because right because it's only been around for one year uh so far and i went last year um i do not have tickets for the 2023 year um i uh i'm currently on the wait list so we'll we'll see what happens um if if it doesn't happen then you know it's whatever but uh yeah that's um that's that's kind of the scoop on that uh like i said i used to be you know super into like football uh and baseball like baseball was a big thing growing up like my dad and my mom and uh still my my dad and my uh youngest brother they talk about yankees like incessantly and i'm just like like i i know (laughs) i know the terms that they're talking about like i know you know the rudimentary rules of baseball like i'm not an idiot but in terms of players like you know the Derek Jeter years; those were the ones that I was tuned into. Um, but uh, anything after that, I, like I couldn't tell you any baseball players now. So, but what what about you? I mean, other than like you know baseball, obviously, like Babe Ruth. There's a baseball player. <laughs> um, yeah, I you know obviously sports I, I love, and another sport too. So I mean, baseball is easily my favorite sport. I would say football is my number two however a very sneaky number three that has been quickly climbing up is formula one i absolutely love f1 the season you know third race is this weekend it's in australia um it's one of those events that my buddy john and i we get super excited for because of the time shift of certain races so with australia they're ahead by a lot so qualifying is on friday night at like 9 or 10 p.m. And then the race itself is on Saturday at 10 p.m. Whereas in once they get to Europe, most of the races are at like 6 a.m. Mm-hmm. on Sunday morning because most of the races are Friday, Saturday, Sunday, right? There's a whole thing about it. Right. And so because of where we're at, we see it a little different. I have the F1 TV app, but what I do and what John and I do is we'll like hardcore wake up and watch a 5 a.m. race if we need to or watch a 6 a.m. <laughs> race and it is awesome, man. I love the shit out of it. I get super excited. I listen to the to the official podcasts, like the the build up to it, and then mm-hmm. the the post race podcasts. And I study it, and I love the shit out of it. In fact, Justin once one time told me that uh, I am not a subject matter expert on it, and I can't give my opinion on it. And I told him <laughs> to fuck off. So, yeah, he's like, I don't like talking to you about that because you pretend like you're a subject matter expert. I go, I'm sorry if I know some stuff and I just spit my knowledge on it. I never said I was a subject matter expert. Clearly, it's your own projections. And obviously, I'm not over that yet. But anyways, um, (laughs) I love the shit out of Formula One. And I think it's so cool Uh, for me. Movies, big movies like you're talking about as well. Mm -hmm. Anything Batman related, I'm going to probably try to go opening opening night or opening week or so whatever. Right. Batman's the best. Oh, my gosh. And then um, big hikes, too. Uh, I wake up super early. I get pumped. I have everything ready to go or backpacking trips because, you know, you have to be prepared. But it's something that I really look forward to. And it's it gets me super excited or or traveling in general. You know, I Mm -hmm. get real, real excited. And so that's like opening day for me. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. 
Exactly. That makes sense. So, Rookie of the Year, this movie's plot, it's actually quite ridiculous. I'll say it again. Ridiculous? This movie's plot is actually quite ridiculous. But therein lies the reason it works so well. Being made in 1993, I would imagine it's natural to remake this movie to modern times at some point. It's due for a remake, right? How would you like to see a remake of Rookie of the Year, if any? Should it still be about baseball, or should we focus on another sport? Uh, so I, I don't, you'd have to do some fancy footwork in terms of the rewriting for this movie in order for it to make sense, uh, to, to, to like reboot it or whatever for modern, modern times, because this movie is very much of that era of the early nineties where like family films were huge and it wasn't all like, like, you know, when was the last time you saw a family film, like not actually watch, but like saw a trailer for, or, you know, saw something that was coming out that wasn't animated. Like all family films right now are pretty much animated. Yeah. Um, and like, Pixar that, and all that stuff. yeah. And, and there's nothing wrong with anime animated movies. I fucking love them. I'll watch them by myself without kids. I don't care. I don't need your permission. Um, but, uh, yeah, like, the the 80s and 90s were like the era of live action like family films and this premise just like works for that era like it's silly and ridiculous and it just like for some reason it worked i mean i don't know if the adults questioned it much at, at the time but like you know i i don't think that you could just try and remake it like today with like very little rewrites maybe just like a you know oh it's like football this time but like that's i think that's another big reason why it it, you'd be hard-pressed to rewrite it especially with another sport is because baseball i think is really the only reason why this concept works if it was football it was hockey soccer um I don't know, uh, curling. That'd be awesome. (laughs) Um, like almost all other like major league, like, uh, like major sports are either full contact or like partial contact, uh, sports with a, a major risk of getting hurt from another person. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know exactly if, uh, if you could get away with, um, remaking this like for modern times. I mean, I I'd say you'd have to do baseball. Like it would, it would have to be baseball again. Um, but I don't, I don't know. What, what do you think? Like, <laughs> do you think this could be remade? So, I mean, I, I think eventually it needs to get remade and, and that's more because that's just the natural progression of things. I think, um, I would like a different generation's audience to see it. However, I don't want them to remake it and just do a beat for beat remake. I'd like them to mix it up and they can gender swap um, and they can race swap to like, you know, have an all black cast or whatever um, mm-hmm. and, and make the lead make um, Henrietta Rowan Gardner or something. Right. <clears throat> Tie it into the original, but don't make it cheesy. But there there are opportunities to make to remake this film into an adequate and serviceable movie that could just go straight to streaming and be like, Hey, that's pretty good. You know, it enhances the first one a little bit. Um, Right. But I, I in general just have a hard time with remakes Um, with the sports though. I think you, you nailed it on the head right there. 
it's hard to really have a no contact sport unless they did tennis, but that'd be boring because tennis <laughs> isn't, it's just one V one. It's not one V nine. Right. Yeah. Whereas, you know, these team games, it's really important as a family film, as a kid's film to show camaraderie and, you know, the, the value of teams yeah. um, because they're in those formative years. They need to learn those social cues and those things, uh, the team building aspects around you. It, it's vital. Um, mm-hmm. And his team support him of him, uh, supportive of him. You know, they're apprehensive at first. But then they rally around him, and it's it's yeah. really cool to see. I think I think that's a very fat, a f- proud like father moment, and Chet Stedman being the the surrogate father to him is is a really nice touch. So mm-hmm. uh, they could redo this. I don't think they they really should, but I think it would be important to bring it out to to modern audiences to kind of see just going about it the correct way. Um, yeah, I don't know that correct way. But there are options out there for for them to do. It would it would be cool to have it in maybe maybe not on a team where the Cubs sucked. You could put him on like a really good team and see what he does on that really good team. Uh, mm-hmm. That might be kind of fun to do. Sure. Uh, gosh, I don't know. You know, lacrosse. Ja- lacrosse. Well, there's <laughs> there's some uh, there's some contact in lacrosse. So I know yeah. ja- jazz it up a little bit somehow. Soccer yeah. is is a possibility, but. I just don't know if that would be fun or not. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, all the respect and love for, for, uh, um, soccer slash football players because their job is basically running. Yeah. <laughs> like it's nothing but running and kicking a ball. Like it is my worst nightmare. So props to them for being able to do it. <laughs> yeah, Absolutely. Um, okay, cool. So I struggled hard watching this movie. I, I struggled very hard to figure out a theme on, on on in this movie and what the hell it's all about. Right mm-hmm. after much pondering, though, I was able to identify that the movie emphasizes the importance of just being a kid and enjoying your childhood. Chet Stedman says, "Henry, don't take this game too seriously because one day it's gonna be over. Your gift will be gone. Don't forget that." I'm Chet Stedman. Uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty valuable information that he gives him and, and it's a, a good message, right? How do you feel about this? Should Henry still just have fun as a kid or should he use his great power with great responsibility as uncle Ben says, and should he continue to play in the majors? Uh, yeah. So I, uh, you know, for all the, the quote unquote struggling that you did to find a overarching theme, I I think it's pretty spot on, you know, and I, I think that uh, that's what you said. Daniel Stern's, uh, part of his motivation for making this movie was, was just, you know, getting caught up in the, the childhood, um, uh, you know, like, doing adult things at a young age and the importance of living in the moment and living your life as a kid, as a kid. Uh, so, um, yeah, that, that was definitely a takeaway of mine as well. Uh, I do think that he made the right choice by deciding to duck out after that one season and, and just playing baseball, uh, as a little leaguer for, for his school or for, you know, wherever. Uh, cause yeah, I, I mean, if my kid wanted to do that, like, I don't know, man, like that's, that's just we- like weird. And, and you know, it's, <laughs> it, it's, it's odd, but, um, 
yeah, like, like I was saying, uh, you know, like child actors, like they're, they're kind of, um, you know, from the eighties and nineties, like, uh, I, you know, we, you mentioned Macaulay Culkin earlier, like he's a great example of, you know, uh, I mean, thankfully he bounced back, I think it, it seems like, but you know, he was a huge child star and then he went through some shit and he kind of, you know, bounced back within the last five or 10 years or so. Um, and yeah, I, I, I think it's evidence like that, that it's like, yeah, maybe you should just let kids be kids. And, um, you know, I, I mean, it, you could have to take it like ad hoc style, just, you know, not one size fits all, but I think for the most part, yeah, like just let the kids be kids and do the kids stuff like while you can, because one day you won't be able to do that shit no more. So, yeah. And we, we love to say, oh, you know, when I was a kid, I would go play outside in the, in the cul-de-sac with yeah. neighbors until it was dark or I do this and that. And kids these days are now just playing video games. Well, you know what? Kids these days can kind of do whatever the hell they want because they're being kids and mm-hmm. the times have changed, old man. Future's <laughs> now, old man. But um, it's very important for them to experience those things as kids and just live their life. Uh, Henry does have a gift, and that's awesome. Mm-hmm. But with the improbability of this actually happening in the majors, because <laughs> you have to be at least 18 and you have to have a high school diploma, or you have to at least graduate high school. Um yeah. Setting that all aside, because, you know, movie, I think that one year is just good enough for him and impeccable timing because he lost his arm. Yeah. Um, If he were to continue playing, it just would have lost. I bet he would have grown to hate the game. Uh, I think a lot of big leaguers. The reason I love baseball so much is much is because it's just such a romantic sport and it's, Mm -hmm. it's so incredible. And I think a lot of the big leaguers lose sight of that, that it's a it's a game. It's Mm -hmm. supposed to be fun. I know that there's money involved and there's passion. And so I love it, man. I love when people get excited when they make plays, when there's a bat flip and they throw it aggressively in a big game, like a division series. And this will take you on to the ALCS or NLCS or whatever. And you just dominate. Like, I love that shit. So for me, I want to see passion in my sports. I want to see people having fun and smiling. And it's it's just, it goes to show exactly what I'm trying to say is that's why it's important for him to retain that fun and not become complacent or uh, I don't want to say explicit, but I would say um, upset with, with the things that he should associate as being like a game or fun or his childhood or missing out on building a boat with his friends, right? Yeah. Yeah, or exactly. making out with uh, with Becky, whatever. She's stacked. <laughs> She's so. stacked, dude. Milk does that body good. <laughs> God, Roger's a little perv. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, now, I, I was kind of surprised by how, like, I mean, I, I think there was, I can't remember what scene it was. There was really only one moment in this movie where I was like, oh, like that didn't age well. Um, I, <laughs> I, I can't remember exactly where it was. It wasn't even like one of the main characters. It was some side character that made some comment. I can't remember what it was. But other than that, like, you know, this this movie, like other than being, you know, kind of goofy with its premise, like it, it's still, you know, it's still fucks. Yeah. For the most part, yeah, there's no racism, there's no homophobia, mm-hmm. yeah. there's nothing like that. They, they don't say the R word or anything, so... The F word. Uh, yeah, it's... 
it's it's an all, all around good family film. You you know you were mentioning the family films, uh, especially the baseball family films around this time. So ninety three, ninety four, we had Rookie of the Year, Angels in the Outfield, and Little Big League. Um, mm-hmm. All of them centered around the a Sandlot. child. Oh, and the Sandlot, a child or children playing baseball or being a part of baseball in some aspect. And yeah, they're family films, man. They they brought you together. And I love the shit out of all of those ones. I think Little Big League is my favorite. Yeah. But because uh, the Mariners are the bad guys in it and Ken Griffey Jr. is in it. So it's amazing. But <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'd say this and the Sandlot were kind of like my two on a hardcore rotation when, mm-hmm. when I was a kid. I do love the Sandlot. I I think I've gotten really tired of how big it's become in the pop culture in the sense of nostalgia, 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 and everyone's you're killing me, Smalls, and whatnot. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, I get it. You 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 know pop culture references, right? But I still love it. It's still a great movie. Yeah, for sure. So there was another theme I was able to develop after pondering on the previous theme. And I think that uh, this one that I was tinkering with from Rookie of the Year was the obsession that many have with sports. People get obsessed with sports, not me, because I'm unobsessable. That's not even a word. But uh, yeah, they get very obsessed with sports. It seems that regardless of age, we see overly aggressive parents or fans obsessing over a game. To be fair, or to clarify, it's good to be passionate. It's not good to be obsessive. Henry's little league coach is a dick. His mom's boyfriend exploits him just to make a buck. And Mr. Fish literally sells a boy to another team. (laughs) I sold him to the Yankees. (laughs) In all seriousness and in the real world, how damaging and what perceived threats come with the obsession with sports? Uh, Yeah, so I think this was a pretty big reason why I... Uh, decided to actively stop watching sports because I, like I said, I used to be really into football. And uh, after that one banger season that the Titans had when they became the Titans, it wasn't great for a very long time. <laughs> like yeah. there were, you know, a few years here and there where they would like make it to the playoffs, uh, you know, or, or like get a wild card seat, but that was it. Um, And I would get so bummed out, like so pissed. And it would like, it would ruin the rest of my day and sometimes the next day. And I know like this is a a running theme for a lot of sports fans where Mm -hmm. like just their entire week leading up to the next, (laughs) next Sunday of football or, you know, next day of baseball or whatever sport, like, you know, uh, it, it just ruins the, the day for them. And it would for me too. And it put me like in a terrible mood. And so like I actively stopped watching sports, uh, almost solely because of that reason. Like part of it was like, you know, I, I kind of just like it ran its course for me, but this was a big reason. Like I, uh, a lot of people, um, that aren't super close to me, like family, um, and really, really close friends. Um, they don't know that I have anger issues. Um, and yeah, I, I would like break shit. <laughs> so, um, you know, inspired by Limp Biscuit. Uh, so I, yeah, like I said, I, I would have to, I, I had to stop watching. Um, just easier that way. Uh, but yeah, I, I do believe that, uh, it, it can have that 
kind of a, a negative effect on people's brains where they just they become insufferable to be around and just they you know either consciously or subconsciously unconsciously put themselves in a terrible mood um i i do like i still laugh at like the parents in <laughs> that just like is so funny that you wrote this uh this question because yesterday i saw this video of this mom and dad in uh they were in the front row bleachers of this wrestling match mm-hmm. and like it, it the the uh the video wasn't even focused on the kid wrestling, uh, like their son, I guess, but like the mom would like get up out of her seat and was like grabbing her husband by the hair and like shoving him around because she was getting that much into it. She's like, kill him, kill him. I was like, Jesus fucking Christ lady, like calm down. Um, and so like, I see that and I'm like, I become more and more sure of my choices to uh, to stop watching sports. Like I said, I can still get excited for people. I still watch it occasionally um, when it's on and other people are watching and, you know, it's kind of like a big group activity. That's always fun. But yeah, like I, uh, I mean, I didn't even watch the Super Bowl this year. Like mm. a lot of that was due to the fact that this was the first year in a very long time that they made it incredibly difficult to watch the fucking game. Like it's yeah. always, it's always been free. Like when things went to streaming that that's his own conversation. But yeah, anyways, that's, that's all I got to say about that. <laughs> I think, you know, like with little league and stuff, when you go to baseball fields, they have signs that say iterations of, remember like this is just a game mm-hmm. the, the the umpires are volunteers these are children not the not professionals yeah and like they're supposed to have fun and it's it's crazy that we've come to a point w- like that where you're watching south park right you you started re-watching it or maybe watching it for the first time but i, I am know, yeah i know that's what i'm saying you specifically yeah. you i don't know if you've seen the randy marsh episode when all the kids played little league yet oh not yet okay so that encapsulates everything that I'm thinking of with parents, because obviously South Park, they satirize the shit out of things. Right. But right. but for, for long story short, Randy decides to drink at each game and start picking fights with other parents. And like, <laughs> that's his role. And he does a Rocky montage, too. That's training. It's so good. <laughs> and he's, he's always like, are we, do, are we doing this? Are we doing this? And then you get that funny, that funny gif. It's like, oh, I'm sorry. I forgot. I thought this was America as he's getting like arrested and he's in his underwear. <laughs> Yeah, you'll you'll love it when you see it because it's probably one of my favorite moments from South Park. But anyways, you know, they are hitting they are very, very close to to what has happened on at various sporting events. I mean, we've seen in football games when people get like that lady and start pulling people's hair and they're just Mm -hmm. so excited. They get heated. Uh, Parents getting mad at other parents or getting mad at coaches who take it way too serious because some of these programs, they're grooming these children and preparing them for uh, high school or for other other divisions. But I mean, I'm, I'm going to say grooming because they start at ages like eight and you're yeah. on a regiment where it's like for the next 10 years, I'm going to get you ready for college, for college football or to play amazing football. And it's crazy to me because do the kids really like that or is that what the parents like? And so that's that's the struggle that I have. Um <clears throat> Yeah. I think at the end of the day, you just have to ask your children like what they like and listen to them like you were mm-hmm. saying. 
but the obsessive parents, man, it's it, they're tough. Yeah, uh, the, you you definitely said it. You're you're definitely tuned into to all that. Like, and, and what what complicates that even further? Like, uh, you know, you, you can ask a kid, and uh, a lot of the times they'll probably give you an honest answer. But other times, like a kid will you know, uh, not lie, but also not tell the truth. And they will say that they enjoy doing something because it obviously means a lot to their parent because maybe their parent played that sport as a kid. And now they want to see their child enjoy that same sport and get good at it. And of course, live vicariously through their children. Um, and you know, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. There's nothing wrong about like reminiscing about the good old days while watching your kid play a sport that you might've played and might've played and been really good at, you know, there's nothing wrong with that, but like forcing them, like that's wrong. Uh, like, yeah. or, or like pressuring them into doing it. Like when you're projecting on them, like that's your piece of shit and you shouldn't do that. So, yeah. Um, the <clears throat> obsession is tough. I, I like I said, it's it's good to be passionate about things. I'm very passionate about sports. Mm. Um, I don't get obsessed. I get you know, it's a bummer when the Seahawks lose or when the Mariners lose. I'm like, damn it! But I get over it. I don't break things. I don't I don't <laughs> gamble away all my money or whatever. I'll just have like some beers to calm myself down or something or right. w- work myself up. I don't know. <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. So it has been quite some time since we have had a modern baseball film that was quote unquote worthwhile Moneyball and everybody wants some aside. Why haven't we seen a strong baseball specific movie? If we saw one soon like this year, who would you like in it? Yeah. So that's actually a really good question. Uh, The last one, the last baseball movie that I saw uh, was Moneyball, and that was in what 2011, something like yeah, that. Yeah, 2011. So, so like yeah, 12 years ago. Yeah, solid ten plus years ago. Um, and so I, I think the reason why is because, like, it, you take a look at like the Oscar uh, nominations, like for Best Picture. How many of those are either a based on a true story, b based on a book? Or C, based on a book that was based on a true story. Mm -hmm. And I think that could have something to do with it because Moneyball was, uh, you know, Michael Lewis. Yeah. yeah, Based on, you know, the, the, um, uh, the, the Oakland A's, right? Right? Yeah. It was, Um, it was, the source material was a book, but it was taken, it was a real life event of Billy Bean, the mm -hmm. general manager of the Oakland A's. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I think that might have something to do with it. Like, you know, I, I know that there's plenty of baseball movies that are totally fictionalized that, you know, didn't happen like for the love of the game. That's one of my all time favorite, like, I guess, quote unquote, grown up or adult, uh, baseball movies. That's, you know, not like a necessarily a family film. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, like, I just love the, you know, the, the film, uh, the, the structure of that movie. Um, so, you know, they're not all like, you know, based on a true story. So, yeah, it, it, it's a good question as to why there hasn't been a, you know, a recent baseball movie. But if I were to cast one, I'd probably go kind of like a league of their own, but like kind of like doing a reverse based on a true story, like going into the 
the maybe not so distant future where i don't know what the right term uh for this would be a a unisex um team or league where all genders could play uh so you could have uh biological men women uh trans you know whatever um but you know the the main idea was that it it would be integrated that Mm -hmm. both men and women could play a human league uh (laughs) Yes, the the human league, uh, and I uh, I thought it would be fun to not have like, you know, your the most famous, uh, you know, dudes that you see all of the time now, like your your Hemsworths, your um, uh, your Chris Pratts, all those people that are in like every fucking movie, and you're like, all right, enough already. Uh, like I get it. You're, you know, a decent enough actor. I'm tired of seeing you and shit. Um, so I started coming, coming up with a roster. Uh, I haven't fleshed it out completely, but, um, here it is so far. So we got Bill Skarsgård, Michael B. Jordan, Ana de Armas, Janelle Monet, Jenna Ortega, Daniel Radcliffe, and Florence Pugh. Um, like I said, I'm still kind of fleshing it out, but, uh, I, I thought, having a baseball team with those people on it uh <laughs> with all the different nationalities all the uh, you know the the difference um you know, bo- like i said both boy and girl i i thought something like that would be fun um and and you could make it a family film like just like rookie of the year you know it, it could be like that it didn't have to be something you know disgusting and raunchy like super bad um so yeah, that's that's kind of what I envisions. Um, what about you? What do I, you think? Yeah, I mean, I, I I more I didn't really think of too many. I more wanted to hear your answer, but mm-hmm. I like that, and I'm starting to ponder an idea. Because what if you made a movie and you could call it like Beer League or something like that, or Beer Softball League? Because a lot of softball teams, like so, all those who's who's right. Mm-hmm. Um, softball teams are mixed gender, and the a movie like that would be cool because it's like you're recruiting them and they could each have their own style. Like Bill Skarsgård could be the guy who he's only ever played cricket or something. And he's like, I don't know. I don't know how to play softball. I don't know. What yeah. Like is. the replacements. Yeah. That... Kind of like the replacements or the bench warmers. Yeah. <laughs> another another, another... classic. <laughs> oh my God. That movie is I, I so fucking. Fun. Yeah. I remember seeing that for the first time and just literally falling out of my seat laughing. My buddy, Aaron, who's been on the show, he has this friend who we were all hanging out one time and he just started quoting the bench warmers. I was, <laughs> but it's funny because I was also like finishing his quotes and I knew exactly what he's talking about. And I was, uh-huh. we were, I was dying laughing. And I said, I've never met anybody who's quoted the bench warmers. Like it's the most obscure yeah. movie, but I think it's hilarious. And yeah, so I, I don't know. I don't know how you make a modern classic anymore. Um, Kevin Costner was was a draw in baseball films. I mean, he was in three of them. Mm-hmm. And so I think maybe finding an actor like that, that could be a baseball type, but not a white male. Mm-hmm. Um, try to find something different. A League of Their Own is a great example. Uh, it's it's just an awesome movie. So yeah. yeah, you could you could really mix it up. I, I, I like I like where you're going with that. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so three dollars for a hot dog? For a hot dog? <laughs> <laughs> You're about eleven bucks short, Mac. <laughs> Gives him one dollar for the, for a, four hot dogs. Oh my god! I love that. That's also the turtle doves guy from Home Alone Two. 
and many other movies. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. So I'm actually not a fan of hot dogs. I mean, sure, I'll eat them, but I don't really care for hot dogs that much. I would take a Mm -hmm. burger over a dog any day of the week. Uh, I do prefer other ballpark food over the hot dogs. And one of the coolest things about T-Mobile Park is they have a different type of food for any occasion, and it's amazing. I have been to some ballparks where it's pretty much just pretzels, popcorn, and hot dogs, and it's boring. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I have a lot of favorite foods at sporting events, but do you have any favorite sporting or concert or event foods? Uh, Yeah, so, you know, I'll, uh, you know, whenever I do go to... um, a ball game usually yeah. every once in a while like a my my father-in-law will get uh, he'll get like tickets for me and him and my brother-in-law to go to like a titans game or a sounds game or something like that and so we'll you know we'll be there it's an all-day thing so you get food and i typically like the dough uh, so, uh, I mean, I know you said pretzel, but I love pre- like soft pretzels. Um, like I, if a place has a soft pretzel and like it has some fancy star by it on the menu that says like, it's a chef special or something like that. I'm fucking buying that pretzel. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, just get it with some beer cheese. Like I know people love mustard. I, I can't stand mustard for some reason. It's just the, the smell of it. Like just throws me off but um you know some good cheese or beer cheese the soft pretzel um i go nuts at a fair uh i love fried foods like anything that like any reason to deep fry something that's not normally deep fried (laughs) it's just fun like i'm not saying i'm gonna eat it all but uh just the concept of it, it it like makes me happy um so like funnel cake like i'll always have a funnel cake if it's there like and if uh, someone wants to go in on it with me um and and share it because eating one funnel cake by yourself is uh <laughs> kind of a, a death warrant that's um, uh your arteries get clogged there see yeah exactly um so yeah uh i mean like i was i, I think it was one of your more recent top five episodes that y'all did and you were uh talking about the uh the different foods at um at the, the T-Mobile stadium oh, in, yeah. in, in Seattle. And it sounds legit. Like, you know, you're talking about sushi. I'm not a personal fan of sushi, but, um, the fact that, you know, the, the options are that, um, that wide is impressive. Um, so, so yeah, yeah I mean, uh, overall, like I, I keep it, you know, I don't mind a hot dog. I like brats a little bit more, like a a, a beer cheese brat. Like yeah. those are good. Brats are good, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like just like you, I'm definitely more of a ha- uh, cheeseburger fan uh, than than a hot dog fan. But uh, yeah, that's that's kind of what I what I dig. Uh, you know, the more traditional stuff. So it makes sense. Uh, something about movie food. Sometimes it looks really good, but most of the time I, I can't stand when characters eat on film. I, I just I don't know what it is. I just don't like it. It is kind of gross. Yeah, it just grosses me out. And I always think of, you know, see Denethor eating tomatoes, but it's just kind of oh, ridiculous. Yeah, uh, Lord of the Rings. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm actually I'm rewatching because um, you recommended the extended cuts mm-hmm. uh, so many times in the. I don't know how long ago it was, but you know, they're now on HBO max. And so I'm finally getting a chance to watch them. And I am not looking forward to that scene where (laughs) 
just a close up of him biting into that cherry tomato and it mm-hmm. just spurting out all gross. over the place. It is so fucking gross. Yeah, like yeah. Uh, it. I mean, that scene is great. Like the the parallels of people charging into battle and him just having this entire buffet to himself. Like I'm like you fucking pig. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's. So, well, that's those are all the questions I have on Rookie of the Year. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do want to get your hottest take on this movie, on movies of the genre, on actors, on whatever related to this. So go ahead and pick it. Um, man, I, I don't know. I so I didn't have a chance to to think of a, a hot take for this movie or for baseball movies in general i i don't know i don't know if it's necessarily a hot take but i think baseball the sport of baseball makes for the best sports movie like there's been good football movies there's you know been good hockey movies and and whatnot like i love the replacements uh with keanu reeves um and uh you know there's like I said, there's plenty of other sports, but I think for whatever reason, baseball lends itself to being like the best sport to be portrayed on screen. Um, so I, like I said, I don't know if you consider that a hot take, but that's, you know, just my, my personal thing. I think that baseball is, uh, you know, like you said, it's hard to not be romantic about baseball. I agree with you on that. And I think that that is a good hot take because there are people who would say, that remember the titans is is one of their favorite movies mm-hmm. i think it's overrated i've just seen it so many times and i'm like Ugh. and then there are other movies too that are slightly based on a true story and don't really take anything mm-hmm. i mean you could say that about a lot of films but i think baseball is more it's more captivating in my yeah. opinion because you're not watching the entire game play out you're watching all the drama behind it mm-hmm. but Moneyball, again, a movie about baseball and about a man. That movie's awesome. Bull yeah. Durham is fantastic about a guy who is in the minors, who's excellent, who's trying to mentor somebody and also fall in love with another person. I mean, that movie's great. Mr. Baseball with Tom Selleck. That's a great movie, too. Um, there are so <laughs> many options out there for baseball movies. And I think they I feel they are better than than other sports films. I would agree. I, I, if I were to pick my top 10 sports films, most would be baseball movies. Um, and I would wager that there are a lot of uh, cinema lovers who would also probably say the same. Mm-hmm. So that's a good take. And I'm going to piggyback off of that then because my hot take is that the best baseball movie of all time, in my opinion, is A League of Their Own. I okay. absolutely love A League of Their Own. I think it just gets better and better with each rewatch. Amazing acting, amazing set pieces. Uh, costumes are so good. Uh, all, all the actors in it are awesome. Um, I, I love the shit out of that movie. It's so good, and it's a part of history that they take that I'm glad that they can focus on. Mm-hmm. Um and it's got sweet moments and it's funny. Um, I quote it often. Tom Hanks is hilarious in that movie. So yeah. I, I, I love it. But off of that as well. So I would say that many people's favorite film when they talk about best baseball movies, a lot of people put Field of Dreams as number one. Mm-hmm. I think Field of Dreams is not a good movie. I get so really bored. I get so bored when I watch that movie. I'm like. I don't okay, think it's a baseball yeah. movie like it, it is, but it's also like 
I mean, it's it's about it's baseball. a corn movie. It's a movie about corn. <laughs> I mean, like I, I, I don't know if I necessarily agree with you on that one. Like I, I, I love Field of Dreams. I, I think it's a great movie. But um, I mean, you know, t- to each their own, of yeah. course. But um, yeah, I, I'd, it's you know, it, it, it sits in like a weird limbo area where like. The beginning where he plows down his cornfield to build a, a baseball. This man plowed down his cornfield to build a baseball. <laughs> Damn. Um, and then you have like towards the end when like they're watching all the ghost players play. Uh, but like there's this huge chunk in the middle where he like goes to find James Earl Jones's character and, you know, all the shenanigans that they get up to. Like, you know, it's it's whatever. But um yeah, sorry, I just totally hijacked. Your no, I, I mean you're you're fine. It's it's I th- that's my hot take is I think I think it's it sucks, and I think <laughs> I think that Field of Dreams is is not good. I think that uh, A League of Their Own is is far superior, and I think it's the best baseball movie there is. Sure, yeah, I <laughs> it, it might uh, might just be because I have so much nostalgia wrapped up in Field of Dreams. Like we, I remember. Um, <laughs> this is really dating you and I, but um, I'm sure you remember back in the, the, the golden ages of um, fast food dining where you went and instead of like, uh, like prizes or not prizes, but um, like uh, toys you would get in a happy meal or whatever, like Burger King ran a, a deal where for like $2 you could get, uh, like a VHS tape and they yeah, had like yeah, a yeah. selection of like five and you got to pick one and field of dreams was one of them. And so we bought it. I, at that point in time, I think I had seen it, but we were like, hell like a movie for two bucks. And so like, you know, and growing up, like we weren't rich. So we watched the same movies over and over again. And you know, that one was okay to watch uh, as a family. And you know, I just remember like laughing with my parents, uh, you know, with, with all the stuff and like, they would like anything that I didn't find funny because it was a little bit more mature. Like they would always explain the joke to me and I'd be like, Oh, I get it now. Like and they would never like really make fun of me for not getting the joke. So like mm-hmm. I said, there's just a lot of nostalgia wrapped up in it. Um, like when he's in the van and he's like practicing what he's going to say to James Earl Jones's character, like when he shows up and he's like, all right, loser, get in the fucking van. <laughs> <laughs> like that's not verbatim, but um, yeah. Anyways, dude, you just took me to a nostalgia is a hell of a drug. You just took me on <laughs> in the DeLorean Back to the Future because that was also one of the movies that was five ninety nine each at McDonald's. It was Field of Dreams, yeah. Back to the Future, Five Goes West, and The Land Before Time. Yeah, and I remember it. that vividly. I think we bought the uh, Five Goes West and we bought The Land Before Time. We yeah. did not buy Field of Dreams or Back to the Future, but six bucks for a VHS. What a deal, dude. Mm-hmm. What a deal. Yeah. And like, I mean, for for those of you listening that like, I don't know, maybe weren't uh, old enough to remember VHS or never bought a VHS, but like when VHS first hit the scene, like they were very expensive to make and produce and uh, thus very expensive to buy so for it to get to a point where like you could roll up to a mcdonald's get a, a happy meal and a big mac and a movie for you know for about 15 bucks like that's pretty fucking impressive so. yeah totally 
Mm-hmm. Okay, David. Uh, letter grade time for rookie of the year. Um, how did you how did you like it? What'd you think? What's your letter grade? Go ahead. Uh, I think I'm gonna give this a funky butt loving B. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> funky? Did he just say funky butt loving? Funky butt loving. <laughs> I think the tendons healed a little, a little tight. Too tight. <laughs> <laughs> Get out of my office. A B. Good. Yeah. I like. It. I think I'm. I'm there with you. I'm. I'm. Mm-hmm. I'm more of a B. Um, I love to quote this movie it doesn't mean that it's a great movie it still holds a place in my heart Um, some of the scenes that i absolutely love that i remember vividly each time i watch it or i think about it when chet throws the ball and his arm goes out and they have that guitar riff go (laughs) and then like he tries to pick up the ball again and it does it again like the whammy bar it's like I'm like, oh my god! Um, it bring, brings you back to that era where they just like that was a, a thing with like folly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, just ridiculous. It's it was cool because it was the score of the movie, and it's they they throw in that electric guitar going or whatever. Yeah, um, that was great. Yeah, three dollars for a hot dog, funky, funky butt loving, conservation Henry. Everything that uh, Brickma did was was great. Uh, you know, I haven't seen the floater since Scruffy McGee. <laughs> Um, that yeah. was, that was awesome. And mm-hmm. then zoom it in there, Henry, zoom it. Yeah. Um, so I quote this movie a lot and I think that's why it's so high up for me. Cause otherwise it'd probably be a little bit lower in all honesty. Mm-hmm. Um, but the reason it's not an A is I watching it, this go around, I noticed so many errors in it and discrepancies like you you could never do the hidden ball trick that's an illegal play uh, okay Um, i i was actually going to ask i i meant to google it but i figured we could just bring it up on the podcast because i i figured you would know that so that's not a thing that you could do no you so once once the the team goes to the mound that's a timeout and then Mm -hmm. it'd be a complete timeout until you get to the base um you can what players do you can still do a hidden ball trick but it's not anything like that if you try to use the uh, rosin bag as uh, deception then no it's considered a balk and uh the runner gets to take their base Mm -hmm. and the runner also gets to advance and then um when sometimes what they'll do is like if they have a pickoff attempt the pitcher throws a snap throw to first base to try to tag the runner who who's leading off to slide back um a lot of the time is you know that runner will have their hand on the base and they'll call time and get right back up or they'll have their hand on the base and then they'll get back up but they do that once the first baseman makes the throw sometimes the first baseman will pretend to throw the ball and mm-hmm. try to tuck it and try to tag the person as they remove their hand that's a hidden ball trick Okay. But it's your job as the person running back as the base runner to look up and make sure that ball is gone. Um, you can't put it in your pocket either to try to deceive any of that deception can be challenged. So, again, yeah. I know it's a movie. It's supposed to be like that. But there are so many errors and discrepancies in this where I'm just like, <laughs> this is not how baseball works. And like when the manager is yelling at at Chet Stedman and he's like, I'm going to take you out. I'm like, you would never be able to hear him like that. Or right. when Mary says she's like, yeah. It was me. I'm like, you wouldn't be able to see her. <laughs> yeah, she she would have to be up on the jumbotron in, yeah. in order for him to be able to see her. But uh, Stupid. It, you know, one of those suspension of disbelief kind of sure. things. 
Yeah. So, Rookie of the Year. There we go, yeah. man. Well, a ton of fun. Thank you for joining mm-hmm. me, as always. Of course. Uh, why don't you share your socials with all the all the people out there? Uh, yeah, for sure. So, um, like, uh, uh, you know, if you've listened to me talk on this podcast before, uh, you know that I am uh, the host uh, slash co-host or one half of the hosting party that is the Geek Garage podcast. Uh, my wife is pretty much a permanent member um every once in a while we'll do an episode where uh she's not a fan of the topic or she doesn't care so we'll have a, a <laughs> sub in but like mr zachary rancourt will will come in and and whole sub for her uh but yeah uh we we do a little bit of everything a little bit of um hot trending topics we'll do some evergreen material and it's all about um you know nerdy geeky pop culture stuff that's easy to dive into uh that's not super complex and complicated uh to keep it accessible for everyone uh and we are uh everywhere spotify apple podcasts etc etc and um yeah we're on uh, the big three instagram twitter and facebook so yeah. there, there you have it. There you have it. Well, David, as always, thank you so much. It's always good chat, sure. chatting yeah. about uh, 90s baseball movies with you. 100%. <laughs> and everybody, let's have a good 2023 MLB season. Go Mariners. This is our year, baby. This is our year. That's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. So there we go. So thank you for listening to the Don't Be Crazy podcast. Remember to follow us on Twitter at DBCrazyPod and at ZachDale60 where you can share your thoughts, give us film suggestions, tell us if we're crazy, or just send us funny memes. I love memes. Make sure you subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review. Additionally, we are also available on every other major podcast app, including Spotify. Thank you for listening, and until next time, don't be crazy.